Welcome to another episode of The Deep Dive, uh, where we take a deeper look at the passage of focus uh, from the previous weekend. Uh, we are in Daniel chapter 1 as we kick off a new series uh, called Daniel Part 1. We will be revisiting right. the second half of Daniel uh, later this year. Um, Daniel is broken up into two halves, uh, chapters 1 through 6, chapters 7 through 12. Um, the first half deal with the narrative, the story. The second half deal with some apocalyptic visions and uh, prophetical words that Daniel has for the people of God in the Old Testament there. Uh, today, joined by Pastor Dan Borth. D- Dan? Daniel. Daniel Borth. Yes, we should just refer to you as Daniel this nope. entire series. Nope. All right. Okay. Hit, hit the button. Hit, nope. the, hit, the, hit the button. Uh, yeah, we have uh, all sorts of new features on this uh, board. Maybe in coming weeks you'll we'll start using some of, uh, some of these. I don't know. I don't even know how to turn that one off. Uh, but anyway, we are... <laughs> it's just going chirping. No chirps here. Welcome to the uh, outdoor edition of the Deep Dive. Matt Miller. Uh, that should be Matt Miller's, like, anytime intro. he's involved. Yeah, that's his intro. He oh my goodness. comes up. If you don't know Matt, look up Adventure Ministry on our website. Yes, calvary.church slash outdoor. I think there's an S out there. It would make sense That'll for work. there to be an S at the end. That'll work. Uh, anyway, hey, for this uh, this episode, yep. um, we are just kicking off this series. And so yep. I want to kind of set the ground, uh, set the table, if you will, for where we're going to be going later. Um, Daniel is one of those stories. Uh, there's there's like 10 or 12 Old Testament stories that get told in Sunday school, I think. Yes. Daniel and the lion's den. Daniel's got two of them. Daniel and the lion's den, and then you've got the the fiery furnace. Those, That's right. Both of those stories. Um, I am, Can confirm. Yeah, and yet we don't always have uh, a context in which to place those stories. And so right. as we start uh, today, as we start this series, Dan, what I, what I want to do is just provide some of the context um, because when when I think of the Old Testament, um, when I think of the Bible, right, you've got the New Testament, which is the time we probably spend most of our time there because Jesus and Paul, like really, yeah. we spend a lot of time there. Um, and the Old Testament is this, this big collection of books and stories that seem a little bit more distant. And yep. so you have like Genesis where you have uh, you have Adam and Eve, you got the garden, you got creation, all that. Then you have uh, this, you know, you get hit Noah, you got the story of a family with Abraham. Uh, they do some stuff wrong. They go to Egypt. Then there's the Exodus and Moses. Then there's the kingdom. You have David and Solomon. And then there's just kind of like, I don't really know what happens after that. And it's hard to read. If you mm-hmm. read First and Second Kings or First and Second Chronicles, like, not that it's bad by any stretch, it's just very foreign. It's the history of the kings of Israel uh, through the lens of like kind of how they lived. Yeah, <laughs> and it moves kind of quickly, and there's a lot of information, but a lot of it doesn't feel immediately relevant. Uh, kind of in the way like I think if you took our history of uh, presidents mm-hmm. and kind of just went term by term, like yeah. somebody in a different context would. Just kind of be like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, what about? is going on right. here? Yeah, and and it's interesting too because er, like the first half of the Old Testament, it really does feel like this sequential chronological story. Like yep. there's some there's some tough stuff, right? There's Leviticus. Like what do you do with that? And it right. fits in there somewhere. But um, by the time you get you know to First Kings and then Second Kings and then you have First and Second Chronicles, which kind of tell the story again, but in a different way and only look at the good stuff. And then you have 
some prophets and there's some wisdom literature stuck in there. There's, there's just this like dividing point. Right. But the prophets started in Kings. In back Kings. With, right. Yes. Yeah. The structure of our, of our modern Bible, it, it's not bad, but you do have to do some work to locate your story yep. the, and the prophetic word within the story, which Daniel's interesting because uh, clearly that matters because mm-hmm. Daniel does six chapters of narrative before he does six chapters of prophecy. Mm-hmm. And um, if I could nerd out for one minute. I highly recommend the uh, the Bible Project's Daniel Overview. Yes. One little thing that I learned is I, we're not wrong to look at the first six chapters and then the, the last six, but there are internal structures, as mm-hmm. with most of the Old Testament literature. It's very uh, beautiful in its form, and it's also – that's not, not always apparent to us. But apparently, uh, Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 7 actually have a lot of similarity the one is Nebuchadnezzar's dream, and the other is Daniel's mm-hmm. dream, but they repeat a very similar theme. So um, anyway, I, I say all that to say uh, there's a lot for us to listen to. We're to be students of the Bible, and uh, in reading Daniel, we need to, with Daniel, understand that context matters so very much, because Daniel starts with, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. Like... If we were just doing a history class right there, we have the third year of the reign of mm-hmm. a particular king mm-hmm. in a particular place. Mm-hmm. Another king mm-hmm. from another particular place comes mm-hmm. and has an act of war. Yeah. Like in one sentence, Daniel has located everything that follows yep. to a very specific uh, yeah. s- series of events. Yeah. So. Side note, I've often thought that so many of these like – Little stories in the Old Testament would make incredible like mini series. Yeah, like like legit mini like not okay like Veggie Tales, yes. but like like yes. actual or like some of the uh, different story, but like some of David's like him yeah. and his mighty men. Like man, that would be a can fun. I can yeah. I bring up my analogy? Yeah, go that for I it. Shared with you earlier. Like imagine a mini a mini series. I'm gonna go with that idea because you're right. Like that followed. Maybe the life of a Ukrainian, um, let's say, college student yep. who was really getting their feet under them professionally and was getting some recognition as being very capable, maybe a future leader in the country, etc. And this would be the what if, but if Russia su- succeeded in, this in, war, yeah, in this taking over mm-hmm. Ukraine, and imagine that this character gets uh, drawn into you know, Russian hierarchy mm-hmm. and eventually serves Vladimir Putin so well that he elevates him to like mm-hmm. second in his country or mm. at least his chief advisor. Yeah. Um, and now he's sitting in that position as an exiled Ukrainian. That's the kind of story we're telling here. Um, and, and clearly I, I want to be sensitive. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that, that, you know, that, that needs to be done with sure. what's happening. Sure, right now. sure, sure. But to draw it up, this is an this is a, a, a an exile of Jerusalem, yeah. forced to relocate, selected for mm-hmm. whatever reason to elevate the king's stature, not a king he likes, mm-hmm. a king who conquered his mm-hmm. place, his people, his family, um, and not a king who sees eye to eye. They have very little overlap in what they're trying to do, and yet Daniel gets put in a place yeah. um, where he's going to wind up serving this king yeah. and serving him so well that this king um, will actually go through significant mental illness in his presence, um, rely on him quite a lot, and uh, ultimately Daniel will outlast 
Babylonians yeah. um, as, yeah. as an empire, which is remarkable. But. Yeah. No, that's great. Okay, so so context-wise then, uh, Old Testament, you had this this kingdom, right? This yes. kingdom of Israel, uh, which then, you know, through... Kind of like this. Yeah, it's like a rectangle, like a vertical rectangle. And yeah. then a um, series of time, you see the, the kingdom is becomes divided. That's right. You have the northern kingdom, the southern kingdom. Um, where are we in the story? So, yeah, in the story, we are, uh, if you'll remember Solomon, mm-hmm. the wisest man that ever lived. You yep. could also kind of like mockingly say the wisest man that ever lived. Yeah. Because even in all his wisdom, the kingdom winds up split after him. Um, Timeline-wise, we are in about 930 BC. Okay. And after Solomon, um, what happens next is the the kingdom of Israel becomes a, a divided nation mm-hmm. known by Israel in the north mm-hmm. and Judah in the south. Yep. And that can be a little misleading. It's not geographical north-south evenly split. There's actually, I believe, 10 and 2 tribes. Yep. Tribes, am I right there? Yep. So there are two tribes that comprise Judah. Mm-hmm. So to get the history of where where we're focusing here, we would be looking at the kings of Judah. Uh, but for the sake of brevity, about 200 years later, yep. in 722 BC, the uh, Assyrian Empire comes from the north, yep. overtakes Israel, yep. and it, they're just kind of done. Yep. Um, there wasn't... I. I there and it's was, important to note too that, like with the, the the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, the the northern kingdom was just they were all bad. They had a hard time. <laughs> like they had a really hard time yeah. doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Judah had like kind of went back and forth. He had a yeah. good king. He had a bad king. He had a good king. He had a bad king. Yeah. And Joshua, I believe, foreshadows some of that when it talks about how in establishing themselves in the promised land, especially in the north, mm-hmm. there was a real difficulty with simply being done with idol worship. Yep. There was something that kept that was retained. Um, theologically, they had a very hard time being faithful. Yep. Uh, so yeah, Assyria takes takes them over. And um, from what I understand, you know, mostly just acts of war and conquering in that space. Um, but they're no longer a nation. And then in, uh, in 605 uh, is where we pick up this story. Uh-huh. 605 BC. So this is roughly 325 years after uh, the kingdom splits and about 115 years after, yeah, that would be right. 115 years Man, after doing math like that, just saying, <laughs> just saying you got a applause button on that thing. I, I do. Uh, one of these. Nope, oh. not that one. There, hey. there we go. St. Charles West right there. That's born right. and raised. <laughs> I'm still learning this machine guys. Wow. Wow! No, really. three, three it's a, ovations. It's okay. It's okay. Um, Let me go back and do the ma- and check the math just to make sure it was all right. Yeah, you better, you better. <laughs> and, and if I'm wrong, make sure to. Yes. But um, okay, so yeah, sometime later, uh, Babylon does come and conquer Judah. Mm-hmm. So southern part, the last bit of Israel remaining, yep. conquers the the remaining two tribes and deports in three different de- deportations. Deports uh, a number of people. This first one we're told in Daniel, at least for Daniel's part, they were looking for the best and the brightest of the young people to bring to Babylon and to assimilate them. Which, yeah, as common war practice, you have one nation that conquers another one. You go and you take some of their, you know, the the sons of the nobles and uh, you assimilate them into your culture. Um, Yeah. That's right. Like you're basically hitting a restart 
and creating a, a new a new thing. And yeah. so that's where our story picks up, where it kind of meanders through. Babylon has uh, Judah in captivity for about or for at right uh-huh. at seventy years, and um, a couple other significant things while it. While Judah is exiled in Babylon in 597, so less than 10 years later, Jerusalem is attacked. In 586, uh, which is just 20 years later, uh, Jerusalem falls uh-huh. and the temple's demolished. Uh-huh. Um, and then later in 539, the Persians overcome the yep. Babylonians. Yep. And a really cool thing happens, uh, you know, in what we read about in like Nehemiah, and that is yeah. the Persian king actually sees the situation differently and allows Israel to go home and reestablish their yeah. country, which is also remarkable because um, through Jeremiah and other prophets, through Daniel, the message was clear from God, this, this exile will last 70 years. Um, all of that to say, like Daniel crosses... Daniel. Um, is a cross section of so much mm-hmm. of the rest of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. It touches the stories of the Kings and Chronicles. It touches uh, several other prophets, Jeremiah for sure, some Ezekiel, I believe, um, Nahum, Obadiah, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. I remember my notes right. Um, and, and there's a lot of, um, there's just a lot of connection there. Um, but that's hard to see when you just look at the table of contents in our yes. modern Bible. Yes, no, that's great. Um, so where we are in the story, right? We have, um, like, we, we start in the intro. There's, oh my goodness, my wife is calling me in the middle of recording. Hello, Mallory. Yeah, You're fa- online. FaceTime video. Just kidding. Um, in the, um, I completely forgot where I was going with that. Uh, <laughs> the storyline. Yeah, the storyline uh, of of Daniel. The what we said in the intro was you had two sections. You had this narrative section, and then you have this prophecy yep. section. Um, just a couple principles to keep in mind. Like, what should we be thinking of when we when we come to narrative uh, passages or narrative books in the Bible? Yeah. Um, well, I I think. Uh, <laughs> It's funny you, you use the phrase "what comes to mind" um, because I think the place where we want to be uh, listeners of Scripture to Scripture is we don't just want to go with what we think we're reading. I think we want to read carefully and multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, when we read narrative, I think um, this is something our teaching team was talking about in relation to next week's sermon. But um, we we have to be careful, like who we identify with in the story. Um, I do think we're meant to identify with Daniel, but I don't know that we're supposed to always see ourselves as Daniel. like, Or maybe ever. like, <laughs> Right, because like yeah. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, like they have a significant part to play too, and mm-hmm. often our part is much more like theirs. Sometimes our part is a lot more like Nebuchadnezzar's than we'd like to admit, like For we sure. crave power and other things. And um, Anyway, so when, when we read the, the narrative, we're really looking, for, I think, for... Uh, what are the actions of God? What are the words of God? And what are the faithful actions of his people? Hmm. And somewhere in there is a lot to glean. When we look at prophecy, um, we're, we're uh, at least for me, I, I kind of just have to sit in humility and say, they're making a point with words uh, and, and ways of saying things that aren't familiar to me. Mm-hmm. And my goal is to understand what they're wanting me to understand, not to just roll yeah. with what I 
think I'm here yeah. or, or I, or I want to see, um, for example, it, it's just really important when reading Daniel, um, there are pieces that would suggest maybe ends of times things and it, they may feel relevant to us, but they were very relevant to Daniel and his contemporaries. And, um, we need to be careful to say it's about us when it was mm-hmm. first about them, mm-hmm. uh, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, yes. I'm, I'm also, I find myself, I, there's this tension inside me and I find myself, um, wanting to lay some groundwork because like Revelation, our New Testament book draws a lot on the imagery of Daniel, yeah. which creates a fascinating yeah. parallel. What are the what are the reasons for that? Part of understanding Revelation well starts with understanding Daniel well. Daniel and, so, and just Jewish apocalyptic literature as yeah. a genre. Yeah, no, that's really good. And I also think, with, especially when it comes to the book of Daniel, one of the principles I think that we need to keep in mind is that, like, one of the themes is you have this, uh, you have the people of God who are in exile in a foreign nation and yet are still called to live faithfully in that space. They're still yeah. called to uh, live out their, you know, their calling as the people of God, uh, regardless of where they are. Yeah. And so when you get to some of the prophetic stuff at the end, like, yes, there's some apocalyptic um, you know, there's, there's, apo- there's apocalyptic stuff here. And yet um, the prophetic voice for, um, you know, that, that Daniel is using here is always directed at the people, you know, at the people of God and for the people of God. And so we do, I think, oftentimes find ourselves as we, you know, try to make these correlations of, uh, I, you know, we, we're living in Babylon, right? Like we're living in this foreign uh, this foreign nation and yeah. trying to live out our calling, and yet the 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 prophetic voice that um, that we we see Jesus using in the New Testament, the prophetic voice that we see Daniel using, uh, when God is tra- speaking through prophecy, um, it's it's always directed at us and not at the culture in which we live. Yeah, yeah. It, God's God's word is is aimed for His people. Yeah. For their ears. Yeah. You brought up something interesting. Jesus uh, explains himself uh, in the the term, the son of man, mm-hmm. um, especially in, uh, was that Mark's gospel, mm-hmm. that it's real prominent? Mm-hmm. And, and so, again, like, because we have the full canon of scripture, um, I think we're, we're our best, we're doing our best at reading scripture when instead of, like, hearing Jesus say that and then looking back and just trying to like see it there. Like, I think we are at our best. If we go back and we read Daniel and understand what, what did that mean to Daniel, Mm -hmm. the son of man, because Jesus is taking what Daniel Mm -hmm. said and applying it to himself. And that's the beauty of, of inspiration and the Mm -hmm. canon of scripture. But, um, we, we have a principle in interpreting the Bible. Uh, is it, uh, Sacra Scriptura Sui interprets, uh, sacred scripture interprets itself. Yeah, now you're just speaking Latin, so. Uh, quite literally. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going for the academic version of the deep dive today. <laughs> there we go. We've done math. We, that's a little bit of Latin. We've done math. I don't we've know done uh, ancient Near East, you know, history. Yeah. And oh, now, now Latin. So this truly you know, is a deep dive. On Sunday, I told everyone. This is a book to nerd out in. Yeah. Like, and here we are. Yeah, here we are. So in the, in the book of Daniel, um, in, oh. in chapter one. Oh yeah. Go for so it. sorry. Don't forget that thought. Yeah. But in scripture interpreting itself, mm-hmm. we, we are reading best when we read chronologically as the story mm-hmm. comes to us. It's mm-hmm. less likely 
that something later in the canon is going to make perfect sense of something earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is likely that something later in the canon will make Christologic sense of something yes. earlier, like messianic sense. Yeah. Because we didn't know Jesus when the story was written, yep. but we see him clearly later. So Jesus becomes more clear because we know who he is. And yet the message at the time wasn't so obscure that they weren't finding encouragement and faithfulness and hope in that. I, I think that's a fair way to say it. If yeah, you have any to, questions, to say it dif- yeah, to say it differently, the Old Testament helps us interpret the New Testament, but the New Testament really helps us interpret and understand the Old Testament. I think it helps us to see the Old Testament. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think, uh, but we could unpack that yeah, some yeah, other time. Yeah. Uh, maybe that'll be an episode two of Daniel. Um, okay. So Daniel chapter one, uh, we have, again, just kind of setting the context for this book. Was there anything that, that you wanted to, uh, we only have a few minutes, um, okay. anything that you wanted to unpack a little bit more that you weren't able to get to? Uh, in the message this weekend. So just kind of like a summary statement, right? You had kind of, again, uh, where we were in the history, you know, Daniel finds himself in Babylon. Uh, He, um, he and his friends, they don't uh, want to eat the food that they're, you know, is prepared. They say, Hey, well, actually, if we just give us vegetables, let us drink water, we'll be healthy. 10 days later, they were healthy. They find some favor. Yeah. Um, I think the thing that I would, highlight that I just didn't spend a lot of time on is is what you mentioned earlier, that the goal of the Babylonian uh, exile and in bringing Daniel and his friends, the so Daniel that we read about all throughout, the three friends that wind up in the fiery furnace, there was a, a, a clear purpose on Babylon's part for them to become Babylonian. Yep. The king gave them Babylonian names. Um, yeah. It's really interesting in the book the three friends yeah, I was just gonna ask you about this. get called by their Babylonian uh-huh. names. Daniel gets called by his uh, Hebrew name. Yeah. Um, I'm going to very clearly say, I don't know. Um, I will suggest that there's, I, I, my interest is piqued because uh-huh. in chapter two, um, I think it's verse, verse four, uh, when it says the Chaldeans said to the king in Aramaic, uh, that the mm-hmm. the text, the ancient text, actually switches over to Aramaic mm. and continues in Aramaic for mm-hmm. uh, I think through chapter seven, mm-hmm. which is why they see that mm-hmm. as a literary uh, you know unit. Um, but there, I do think there's something intentional in Daniel where the language of the literature is illustrating some of its point. Mm-hmm. And my my suspicion is, or at least my interest is, is kind of honed in on. Um, Daniel retaining his Hebrew mm-hmm. identity is kind of central to the story, Yeah, but he's living in an assimilated place. Yeah. And I, I just see so much in that, that as believers, we're told like we're citizens of heaven, mm-hmm. um, but we, we walk in a place called earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're to walk wisely among outsiders. We're to um, make the most of our time. And I, I find some I, – personally, I just find it inspiring that um, our goal mm-hmm. is to not lose our identity mm-hmm. even though we, we walk in an assimilated place. Mm-hmm. And there are points of our lives that will look more assimilated mm-hmm. than not. Mm-hmm. But the question um, – Reggie, Reggie Joyner said this in 2020. He said, you know, you, if you want to highlight what really matters and what never changes, then look at the things that do change. And so in our lives, like we have to know the boundary between things that can change and things that should never change. And that's where our 
God's story. That's where mm-hmm. our faithfulness mm-hmm. story is really told. Mm. What are the things that we don't allow to be changed about us? Mm. But the things that do change, uh, it's okay. It's okay to eat from the king's table. Yeah. Daniel ate from the king. He ate the he king's did. vegetables. He yeah. ate a different diet, but it was the king's. Um, that would be the other thing that I'd, I'd say is it's really interesting when you get into why why the vegetables, why not the king's table, and there's a, there's um, a number of explanations and all of them are pretty decent, you know, like thoughts, yeah. you know, was it Levitical law? Was it um, food sacrifice to idols? But there, there's really only, there, there's no clear definition of why, what was in Daniel's mind other than, other than he chose to do something. It's just different. That, yeah, that like, <clears throat> it reminds me of uh, times in my life when I've disciplined myself mm-hmm. because I knew that it was the right way to go through my days. Not because there was a specific magical or religious significance to mm-hmm. it. It was just right to live in God's world with a measure of uh, intention and discipline. Mm. Um, That's so. good. That's good. I also, uh, even just go back on the, the name thing, um, and I don't know if this is, I don't know if this plays or not, because I don't know why he goes by his Hebrew name and his three friends go by their new, you know, Babylonian names. Um, I do know that the the title of this book is Daniel, and so maybe there's some sort of connection too that the the people of God and the role that Daniel plays, speaking prophetically to them, um, and the fact that yep. the the title of the book is Daniel. Um, maybe it's to preserve some of that. Maybe it's if he's writing it or compiling it, he's using the the name that he identifies with the most. Um, I don't know. There there's uh, there's nothing but questions there, and uh, I think we need to be curious about what's in our Bible. Not yeah. to be scared about it, um, not to be nervous, but because God has given us many gifts uh, of which to explore. And when we do think we understand it, to still hold that yeah. with an open hand. And um, like, we don't do Bible study here to like download knowledge mm-hmm. as much as to generate and explore curiosity and yeah. love for the scripture. Yeah. What do you think about this sentence? The yeah, goal, one minute. Okay. The goal of learning. Uh, the goal of learning um, our, our Bible is not to know the content of Scripture, but to be familiar walking in it. What do you think about that? To be familiar walking in our Bible? Yeah, it's a clunky metaphor or analogy. Hmm. To be explored later, maybe. Yeah, yeah, because now I'm thinking about, you know, you had the walking part. Um like the per what like what's the purpose of a of a map? It's not to to memorize it. It's to help you as you wander. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we're just mixing metaphors at this point. Oh man, we'll come back to it. Uh, <laughs> yes, the purpose of the Bible. If you have a uh, if you have an answer or a response to the end of that, the purpose of the Bible is blank. Would love to hear from you. Yep. Uh, at podcast at calvary.church. Well, thank you for joining this week's uh, episode, uh, listening to this week's episode. Dan, thanks for being, I almost called you Daniel there just because we were in that, that language, but uh, thank Bel- you for joining. Belteshazzar. <laughs> Belteshazzar. That's what we should just call you the rest for the next five weeks. Pastor <laughs> Belteshazzar. <laughs> Bored. Uh, anyway, until next week, uh, have a fantastic week. Go in grace and peace. A reminder, you can find this resource and more on our website, calvary.church slash resources. Catch you next time. Hit the button. Which, which one? That one. This one? Sure. I don't know. One of them. See y'all.
Thanks for listening to The Deep Dive, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.